0: Welcome back to Student Pilot Journal. This is episode number 38 and today is Saturday, October 29th, 2011. My name is Greg Summers and this is my instructor Casey Allen. He has a CFI, a CFII. And a little bit about the podcast, what you're watching is occasionally see some in-cockpit video. You'll see um, uh, sometimes some lessons. You can go back and look at my old uh, flight training, which I did most of my primary flight training video episodes and Casey was my instructor for that as well. So that's kind of what we'll do, tips and tricks. Sometimes you'll see me in the car just talking and, uh, and I try to leave most of the instruction up to Casey, but occasionally you'll, you'll hear some stuff here uh, from me. Um, a Couple months ago, Casey went off to uh, training over with American Eagle Airlines. So what I wanted to do is kind of let him kind of recap and, and see what, uh, what he went through and what he's been doing the last couple months. We're here out here at Melbourne International, where we keep all our uh, flight club's uh, airplanes. Unfortunately, today, there's no airplanes available, so we were going to go fly, but it would have been a nice, uh, some decent IFR weather, I guess, and we could have actually uh, got some good flight footage, but that's not going to happen. So, hopefully you can hear this. Uh, Casey will talk as loud as he can and without yelling at you. So, what have you been up to the last two months?
1: Yeah, so um, in August I got hired by American Eagle and um, the training, the main part of the training was six weeks long. It was four weeks of ground school and then two weeks of simulator training. Um, I'm based in San Juan, Puerto Rico, flying a plane called the ATR-72. It's a twin-engine turboprop that holds uh, 64 passengers. Um, I've, uh, I've been doing a lot of flying around different parts of the country. I did a little bit in Dallas. Uh, some in Miami, and then uh, just this last week I went down to my, my actual base in, in San Juan yeah so, so the training basically we started off with um, there's a lot of just regulations for uh, as far as like the airline is concerned um, then the probably the longest part of the training was actually the systems portion so uh, the systems on this plane are are pretty complicated um, and then after that there was an oral exam much like uh, like a private pilot oral exam that you would take. Um, as part of a check ride, uh, and then two weeks of two weeks of simulator training. And for me, the simulator training was probably the most the most fun. Um, it was it was not really like any training that I've ever done before because um, pretty much you know you get in and you have a, you have a sim partner. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have uh, Ian, who's my roommate, as my sim partner. So we would uh, each of us would have a lesson, and then we would swap seats, and then the other person would the other person would fly. Um, but basically, the whole time you're in the simulator, things are things are always going wrong. You know, an engine is catching fire or failing, or uh, you're having uh, DC generator failures, or you know, there's always always something going wrong. You're never just sitting sitting there flying a normal, you know, a normal uh, approach or a cruise cruise flight or anything like that. Um, so the, the lessons were, were two hours a day, or yeah, you know, two hours long, and then I would sit and monitor for uh, for Ian for my partner when he would fly. So we were in the sim for four hours a day, but it was it was really, uh, really, really tiring uh, just because you were never never able to relax, you know, something, you're always handling some kind of situation. So really, really intense training. So um,
0: what, what about the, I've never been in one, I've seen it, I saw pictures, you sent it on all, you know, uh, here's a picture of what it looks like. Sure. Um, but how is it? You know, now that you've flown in the real thing, kind of thing, how, how does it compare as far as realism? You know, we, I'm used to flying a little, you know, flight simulator at home. But what's what is the realism in, in the uh, simulator?
1: Yeah, um, with this, the particular the simulator that we were using is what's called a Level C simulator. It's the second highest uh, level of classification. Um, so it, it was a little older, and you know, it's it's a full motion simulator. Uh, the the cockpit looks exactly like it does in the real plane. Um, the only thing was, you know, I've never actually been in a level D. Ian has, uh, and he says that in the level D, the motion is a lot more realistic. You know, in this one, uh, it, you know, it moves as you know as you're turning, it, it banks and everything. Um, well, level D. But what kind of training it, would
0: you go for a level D? You know, where would
1: they have that? Well, I mean, they they had level Ds for other planes. It's just because this is an older an older airplane, oh, uh, so it's just the simulator isn't quite up to. Uh, up to like the latest technology or whatever. So, um, be- because of that, we had to actually do a, do two flights in the plane itself. Whereas normally, when you fly for an airline, you do all of your training in the simulator, and then the first flight that you take in the plane is actually with with passengers on a, on like a regular flight. Which I they mean, just, they just they, never know that. Yeah, yeah they, they never. I mean, sometimes they announce it, but um, for us, we had to go and, and we flew the plane at, at night after it was you know, just parked at the airport. Uh, with an instructor, so that was actually pretty cool, and um, I could sit in the back while uh, while Ian was flying and while another one of the um, people were flying. That was pretty cool sitting in the back, which is like an empty 70-seat plane. Okay, so I, I just got to I just got to San Juan this week, and um, uh, did some flying down there. It was really cool, really pretty, um, and uh, really really enjoying. You know, kind of starting to get into the Uh, into the flow of things. You know how like when you start your flight training, um, you know when I have a student like run their checklist for the first time, it takes them forever to run the checklist, you know. Um, And that's how it was with me in this plane. It was, you know, it takes me forever to do things and I'm sure the captain is just really frustrated with me. (laughs) What's typical? (laughs) Because I'm so slow.
0: What's typical? I mean, how how big is the checklist to to? compare
1: Yeah, it's great. The checklist is actually not that big. It's not, not that much bigger than like a normal like 172 checklist or whatever. And um, a lot of the things are done in, in what are called flows. So, you know, we use flows sometimes in general aviation too, uh, but uh, in airline...
0: Checklists aren't uh,
1: that much that much more extensive, really, than even like a, a 172. Um, but yeah, everything is done in, everything is done in flows, um, which which makes things a lot easier, actually. What's a flow? I think um, a, a flow is just it's a way of uh, let's let's say you know we do a before start checklist and it has um, you know master switch on, mixture rich, um, carb heat cold. You know it has it has a number of items on it, right? And you may be going and reaching, okay, mixture, and then you're reaching over to the left side to do the master switch or something. You know, you're kind of going all, all around. A flow is a way of just completing that checklist in a more, I guess, flowing <laughs> flowing manner, you know. Okay. So in, in, uh, in this plane and in most airliners, you know, you've got um, a lot of switches up above you. You know, sometimes there's this thing on both, on both sides of you, on the panel, and then there's usually a center quadrant between the two pilots. So um, you know, you just start in one place, so maybe on the overhead panel, and then just kind of work your way, uh, work your way down. So it's a really easy way to complete a checklist uh, from memory, and then of course you go and, and verify it and, and actually read it. Um, but it just makes things, it makes things go faster, basically. Uh, one of the hardest parts for me in the in the later stages of the training is once I'm actually out, uh, you know, f- flying with passengers and everything, uh, is there's a lot of things to do that we didn't cover in the simulator you know in the simulator um, we didn't call like our operations or we didn't simulate like calling the ramp control to, to get to taxi out uh, I mean the instructor is, is okay. playing he's kind of playing ATC um, but you know just for time's sake they kind of cut a lot of a lot of that out so um, there's a lot of you know talking to the flight attendants or even something like you know, when we're in flight, making a PA announcement to the passengers.
0: Um, you is know, that the, normally, I, mean, I, I guess I do as <coughs> a captain, are you in control of that a lot of times when you're, you know, talking to the passengers, or is it just matter who's doing it? it? It
1: kind of depends, and you know, usually you just sort of go with what the what the captain wants to do, you know, some captains really like making their PA announcement, you know, they have something that they yeah, say every sure. time, yeah, they really enjoy that. Some of them hate doing it, so they'll, they'll tell you, go ahead and Go ahead and make it, and um, uh, I'm not too good at it. I usually just stick with stick with the basics, you know. Yeah, something that I guess I never really really realized is you know there's a there's a captain and a first officer, um, and in certain phases of flight, you know each each person has their own set of set of duties and things that they do, um, but pretty much you know once you're once you're in the plane and, and you're flying, there's a there's a pilot monitoring, and then there's a pilot flying. So the pilot flying is moving the yoke. And the, and the power levers. Uh, the pilot monitoring is doing everything else. Um, and you and you switch jobs. You know, usually uh, each leg you switch. So maybe, you know, when we're flying one leg, Greg's the captain. Uh, he's also flying. I'm monitoring. And then the next leg, you know, he's monitoring, and I'm flying. So you, you take turns and switch off. And um, it's, uh, it's actually a lot easier, at least in my opinion, to be the one that's flying the plane. Um, because all you do is you know move the yoke follow the flight director uh, and and move the throttles or the, or the power levers when you're monitoring um, you know you have to call ATC you have to run the checklist um, you know you're always moving moving knobs pushing buttons and everything so it's a lot more, more labor intensive to be the one that's monitoring rather than the person the person that's flying
0: and what's for new guys what's the what is the flight director you say you're flying?
1: Uh, so the flight director is a, is a thing that um, most advanced planes, uh, even you know, like the Cirrus has a flight director, or, or a lot of um, more like, cross-country oriented Cessnas or Pipers will have a flight director. It's a, um, it's, it's a device that's usually laid over the attitude indicator uh, that pretty much just tells you what attitude to fly. So uh, in, in my plane it's like a crosshair, it looks real, real similar to uh, like a glide slope and a localizer on an ILS. Uh, and you put your little plane, you match it up with those, with those crosshairs. So for example if I'm flying and ATC says uh, turn left to heading of zero, 090, zero, the captain will reach up and move the heading bug to zero, 090 zero, and that will tell the flight director to go and that tells me to start turning left to zero, 090. Zero. Okay. So, there's not a lot of what's called like raw data flying, which is you know all of what we did in the 152, where you know you're just kind of either looking outside or just looking at your big six instruments. Um, you know, 99% of the time you're you're flying on a flight director, so you're just following what it tells you. It tells you to do. <laughs> One thing that I found interesting though is that um, uh, the the captains or the the crews really go through um, a lot to try to make the make the flight very smooth for the for the passengers. So, um, you know, they, they change altitudes, they ask for pilot reports from people, you know, further along the route or at a different altitude to try to find a smoother ride or something. You know, whereas, um, like, when we fly in small planes, it's just kind of a, you know, there's not a lot of escaping the turbulence that you can do. Like, especially in the summertime in Florida, you know, you've got cumulus clouds. You know that below those cumulus clouds, it's going to be bumpy. So you just kind of accept it it 's going to be hot it 's going to be bumpy, and that 's all you can do about it um, when when we 're flying you know in the in the airliner you 're always trying to get the smoothest ride possible, and most of the time it's 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 possible you know it's just like when you you know when you go fly, hardly ever do you have a really really turbulent flight, you know something that uh, us in like a one seventy two would happen to us every day you know so uh that, that's kind of. I thought that was kind of cool that you know the passengers are very coddled and you know they really uh, really try to take care of try to take care of them and make it the nicest possible flight uh, that they can. So I'll tell you about my favorite thing about the actual flying, and then I'll tell you my favorite perk of the of the job. Um, I, I would say the my favorite part so far of actually of actually flying of of the job itself um, has just been um, how. How scenic things can be! Like you know, the other uh, the other night we flew uh, from San Juan to an island called uh, Guadeloupe, somewhere in the lower Caribbean or something, and um, it was just it was really nice. It was a you know beautiful clear night, and you know it's just the ocean below us just completely black, and uh, you know so a lot a ton of stars were out, and uh, so we kind of turned down the lights of, in the cockpit and looked outside, and I saw a bunch of shooting stars and some satellites and. It was just really peaceful, and so so that's kind of cool to um, to see those sort of things. And you're you know you're in the air so much that you see things, and always going somewhere, you see a lot of a lot of different things that you don't normally see, or that I didn't normally see, like when I was just flying around here, flight instructing, um, and, and also just the the different destinations that we go. You know, the the Guadeloupe was a uh, it's a French island, and uh, I felt like I was in like a tropical France or something. You know, everyone spoke French and all the cars were French and uh, we had a great French breakfast in the morning. Do you, know, you get of, like
0: layover uh, time or do you get to like go see things or Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, different, different trips. Um, usually, um, you know, during the daytime a flight is it'll land somewhere and then you'll leave pretty quickly. Uh, so you don't have a lot of time to like get out and go explore around. Um, but a lot of the trips have overnights. So, you know, you'll, you'll get to somewhere at maybe 5 p.m. and then you won't have to fly until maybe 10 or 11 a.m. the next morning. So, so you do have some, yeah, so you have some time to get, get some food and maybe go, go around and explore it, it, it really depends on the trip. but um, So that's probably my favorite part of, of the actual job of flying and everything. Uh, my favorite perk of the job is definitely the, uh, the free travel. Um, so basically I can just get on any flight anywhere. Um, if, there's a, if there's an open seat or an open seat in the cockpit or the jump seat,